If you're getting ready to do your holiday shopping at Sephora, Nike, or Neiman Marcus, make sure you head to Rakuten first. Rakuten helps you save big on whatever you're buying for the holidays. Getting gifts for friends and family? Get some cash back for yourself. Plus, save on festive home decor, party outfits, and that trip to see your fam. With Rakuten, you can earn cash back on top of the biggest sales of the season, so you get the most savings. And it's easy to use. Just start your shopping at Rakuten.com or use the Rakuten app, and you'll get your cash back payments through PayPal or check. Rakuten partners with over 3,700 stores. The stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Join for free at Rakuten.com and get the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV podcast. Not done one of these in a while, but Gary's in the London area homebound. It's coming home. You know, even when Three Lions was out, and I used to sing that because regardless of not being a football fan. 96. Okay. I I, I used to sing it because it's a good pop song. It's, it's, It's in your head. Never really understood what it's coming home meant. Never really gave that a thought. Can you explain it for the listeners that are uninformed? The World Cup could arrive on these shores no, if... No, it... no, no. Football oh, was invented in England, therefore it's oh, coming in that case, home. In theory it was. I've been looking into this, Gary, and there's a lot of early versions of the game played all Pop. around the world. China, I thought it meant... Back to China. Well, they're not in it, so... <laughs> I thought no, it meant I, that the cup was coming home and after being away for so long. Yeah, so there we go. It, that that should be what it's called. It's coming home. Association rules. Association football and its rules are coming home. It doesn't scan as part of a song, <laughs> though, does it? Luke, Gary, and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. This is what I wanted to ask a football fan, and yeah. being you're not able to slap me while I ask you, okay. uh, I'm going to ask it. What I can't understand, what I've never understood about sports, I don't really like any sports, I'm just mm-hmm. weird like that, I suppose. No, you've got why... me on your side on that one, Luke. Thank you. But I, I don't understand why people get so emotional about sport. Because it's not, I mean, I can understand you getting emotional if you achieved it, or if you're a member of your family was in the team, or if you were perhaps a previous footballer. Why people get so elated because and emotional? I, for most people, football is a spectator sport. You, normally it's the team of your, your heritage, either from where you come, or what your father or what your grandfather supported, something like that. So I think there is there's a lot of emotion involved in it. It, it. You know the way in which you grow up and you you know your experiences are, if you're a football fan, are, are sort of judged by that. You know I I judge periods in my life based on you know, uh, you know where was I when David Platt scored the winner winner against Belgium well, that, in uh, 1990. 
It's the it's the emotion so, uh, to do with something that you're not personally yeah, but I think involved it, in. That can, but, that, but that's well, the I thing I'm saying. Play devil's you. advocate here, please. You're always uh, doing that. Um, that Luke, for example, you will get emotional watching a TV show or film. But like fictional characters and uh, yeah, because yeah. I've spent a lot of time with those. Also, so, so is Gary watching like Spurs in England, and, I think. and we have been very close on a number of occasions and been let down. And we've but, had, I think, primarily there is emotion in England fans, because also because also because the, the English mentality is not to show emotion. We can show we can show enjoyment, but, but not necessarily you know uh, upset, and, and, and so it comes out in football games sometimes. Can I as well just say to Luke's point though, I don't understand why people get so emotional and so sort of uninhibited to the fact that they can yes. just come up to strangers in Tesco's, like myself, wearing uh-huh. my headphones and just go, don't worry, it's coming home. And I'm like, I don't believe that. I mean, no, I would, I would never do that. If I no. saw someone wearing a Spurs shirt yeah. or a Spurs hat, I might say hello. After I've but, been working all day during yeah, the game. I, 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 no, I think, I think unfortunately that kind of hysteria only happens around World Cups. And I think it's unusual. I think people this kind of it, IKEA, yeah, and jumping on ambulances and things like that. I you know, hate that, that, all that. The best thing about the fact that we've made it through to these later stages, and of course, I know you two aren't exactly avid watchers, but have you watched any of the clips of big crowds getting excited when we score that's a goal? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I do not but understand. Don't, but I don't never you love that? that? Wouldn't you want to be there? That's no, like a rock I would concert. not want. No, I would not want to be. I would, that's oh, the last place on the planet nah. I would want to be. I, I have a feeling you would love it if you were there. Okay. I'll tell you what I love about when England are playing. That means the gym is going to be quiet and I can just <laughs> go on any machine I want and it is lovely. Are you are you now looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Matt? Because you've been going to the gym a lot. I don't pump. I don't, I'm not a pumping iron. Oh, you don't pump iron. iron. No, no. Sort of. I saw him recently and it's, uh-huh. it's, it's not having the effect you'd imagine, Gary. Oh, cheers. <laughs> TV news. Of which oh, yeah. there is virtually none. You haven't said uh, hello to Matt yet. Oh, hello, Matt. Hello. Hello. Okay, uh, we're going to start, though, with the news that the embargo on all my unforgotten stuff has lifted <laughs> today. <laughs> was it your own embargo, that. or was it no, a slag it was IT, embargo? No, ITV's embargo. Uh, so I had to, I've been working on all that for ages, and now I can... I'm, like an exp- I'm just like a proud mother. I can release it into the world, and it's now all there. This includes an uh, interview with Nicola Walker, interview with Sanjeev Bhaskar, my set visit piece where I talk about what it was like to be on the set during the Beast from the East in a gazebo with Chris Lang, uh, and then a podcast, an interview uh, of greater quality than this so far, uh, with the interview with Chris Lang, the writer, where he talks about his inspiration for this third series, all on the website and the podcast feed now, should you want to indulge yourself in that. Also, a quick mention that tomorrow, as I re-record, that'll be Wednesday, I'll be launching my brand new podcast where I talk to people within the TV industry and about their favourite TV, and that's with Carshare co-creator, uh, that's, that's Paul Coleman. What was that now? That was me boot. Sorry, I was just loosening it. Gary is about to head west. <laughs> Uh, 
the return of a series on Netflix and a new show uh, coming over here from HBO, which is showing on Sky Atlantic. First, we shall go for the second series of the popular show Glow. Uh, this was launched last year on Netflix based loosely on a real ladies wrestling pro- promotion that took place in the 80s, of which there are documentaries about. Justin, I read through uh, Matt's excellent review and an article Thank on the you, website. Gary. Worth a look. We've all watched the whole of the second series. It's all up on Netflix, all 10 episodes, or was it 11 yeah, in the end? Yeah, you're right. 10. I think one of the things that Matt did very well in his piece was say that actually the focus has come primarily off of Ruth, played by Alison Brie, and he's on to, and you're going to have to help me with the character's Debbie. name, Debbie. Uh, and, and more of the focus this year is on her trials and tribulations. She ends up, as she is the most well-known actress on the team, she ends up getting her own contract as a producer uh, and has to fight with the, the other two producers and the director for sort of, you know, equal footing. Um, and also she's dealing with the fact that she's now separated and getting a divorce from her husband. But a lot of what you see in the build-up is them sort of recording the television show and the arguments with the network about changes and scheduling. Um, And you do get a bit more of each other character. Uh, You don't get a lot of background into their personal life. A few people do. Um, The Welfare Queen, you get a bit of her and her son going to Stanford. The, The show builds up to this episode eight which I've seen a lot of people writing about and having watched it recently, I can sort of admire that the, the bold direction that they've gone with in this, this episode. This was they have... the funny episode. This was yeah. more comedy. So and... what they did was that they build up most of the storylines to a point where Alison Bree's character is injured in real life in the ring by uh, Debbie after she has taken a line of cocaine because she feels a bit helpless with her situation. And after that, it's kind of like, right, we're all bonded together. There's some lovely scenes where they all come to the hospital and do mm, stupid I like things. That and it was. And I think at that point, is it Mike, the director? Sam. Sam, the director, kind of feels like, you know, he's come back more on side with listening to the girls being creative. Um because they've I think been given a turning t- point. Because at that point, I think the the sort of the bit we skipped over was the yeah. sort of stuff with Ruth and the head president of the network that they're on the cable network. KDTV. Uh, sort of, yeah, sort of inviting her for dinner at his private cottage in at a hotel, and obviously, you sort of know where it's going. This is their attempt at sort of looking at the sort of the Me Too movement and the things yeah. in the 1980s, how it was then. And the reactions to what happened, obviously he wants to sleep with her and she leaves while he's running a bath. And, you know, Debbie's reaction is, oh, you should have gone through with it or you should have at least yeah. sort of played along. Sam's reaction is to smash the guy's car up. But That's as a, a result, beautiful scene. Yeah. As a result of, of what happens, the president bumps them to 2 a.m. and inevitably to be cancelled. And because they're going out he says right just do whatever you want and and episode eight is the result of them doing whatever they want basically which is yeah so so episode eight instead of following the girls you watch effectively an episode of glow Mm -hmm. that they have put together including bad local tv adverts for quilting uh which i think was hilarious so actually you're effectively watching the show they make Mm -hmm. um yeah there's a few things that are are a bit sketchy i think yeah, that storyline I didn't really believe. You know, her joining the AV club just because she wants well, to be I like her like dad. That. Oh, that I was know, one of my favourite things. Like my favourite things about The other thing that didn't work for me was the, the head producer, I can't remember his name, the young Bass. flashy guy. Bass. Uh, Bass. The, the search for his obviously gay butler. 
I would agree with that, Gary, that a lot of that story, because it, you know, it turned out, you know, he was gay and you, you found out at the end that he died, presumably from AIDS. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Bash. There. But the lot, I was reading an interview with, I think it was the actor who plays Bash and uh, possibly Kate Nash as well, who plays... Ba- um, Bash and Nash together. Britannica. Yeah, Brit- plays Britannica and they sort of got married in the ring at the end so she could stay in the country. And then also um, the stuff with Arthur and the new junk chain. I can't remember the character's name, the the stripper who, like in the last oh, two yeah. or three episodes, become like a couple. And it's like, well, you should have shown us this build-up in the prior episodes. And I think you touched on it there, that one of the biggest problems I have with Glow is that there's so many characters... And most mm. of them are quite well drawn, well played, that you want to follow them all. And I think the creators want to try and explore all these different themes with all these sort of strong, powerful women. But they've only got, you know, ten half hours to do so. It's so nice to watch a show that is, for the most part, quite fun to watch. Even yeah. though you said it's got some dark themes, the main thing is the sort of the camaraderie between the women the sort of the fun characters, the campy nature of Glow, the sort of fact that these are all sort of outcast women, like, for example, Sheila the She-Wolf, who I really like as a character. Do you think that they're leading to a season three because at the end they get cancelled, but then they're getting a floor show in Vegas, so the last thing is them all going off in a bus together to Vegas to do this show. I, I thought it was sort of like the end of it, or it could be the well, end of it. It felt like it could be, and they haven't confirmed a third series. But if this was the end, it would work as as an end. I think. I, I think that's the thing. I think I, I think the ending to me said we're going to go in a different direction if yeah. we do a third series. Yeah, to Vegas. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think the other thing, yeah. as, as as Matt will back me up, nineteen eighties wrestling promotions were always threatened with cancellation and then mm-hmm. reborn well, or I think changed. The actual glow changed. Indeed, once, and I think exactly. the Vegas so, thing. I, I'm trying I, to remember I, I, that documentary, I think, that the Vegas thing did happen. still on Netflix, I think, somewhere. I think I saw it pop up yesterday. I, I, I think they should... I, I, I mean, when you look at it, the star power in this series is really Alison Brie. Mm. Outside, and Mark um, Yeah, but yeah, Mark, how much of a big Mark name Mark is Mark Maron? the Americans. I think doing a third series is possible. I'm still not sure what Netflix's criteria is for renewing... How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. There was, an, there was a very interesting article that you sent me, Luca, that we both read. Um, that apparently the criteria a lot of the time Thank, is thanks how, again for that. how many people like finish watching the series. Because it was, it was looking at why they cancelled Everything Sucks as opposed to is it one day at a oh, time. Oh, yeah. And I did read that, I apologise. that people weren't watching Everything Sucks to its conclusion, whereas they were watching One Day at a Time, because they'd had similar sort of number of viewers, but less people watching Everything Sucks to the end. So it's based on the fact that how many people finish the series. That would be what they would go on for Glow. Judging by what a lot of people have been saying on Twitter, that a lot of them have already finished the series. And I think it's one of those that once Mm. you start you can't stop and i think we've all found that i mean i watched it in two days 
So all big fans of Glow, you can get all 10 episodes of Series 1 and 2 uh, right yeah. now on your Netflix button. Um, the second one is Sharp Objects. Now, this is a HBO show, and because of that, over here, you can watch it on their relationship with Sky Atlantic. Uh, the first episode aired this Monday. Yes, it did. It was actually, it um, what, what do they call it, simulcast. Oh, okay, so your, your Game of Thrones 2am simulcast yes. spot. Yeah, yeah. This is a eight-part miniseries crime drama starring Amy Adams as Camille Preka, who is sent back to her, her hometown of Wingap, Missouri, to investigate the fact that two girls have gone missing. The book's written by Gideon Flynn, and it's been adapted by Marty Noxon, who does Dietland, Unreal, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There, yeah, I, 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 rec- I recognised it from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, and it's also worth mentioning, although I'm probably going to do about as good a job of this as anyone would. It's directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, who Lovely. brought very us... good. That was good. I sell myself short there. Yeah. Uh, who brought us Big Little Lies last year? He has an interesting relationship with something that I struggle with on TV, which is the flashback. What he is able to do with the flashback is make somebody like me, who is anti-flashback, really feel engaged with him because he just shows you little looks at Amy Adams's or Camille's previous life in Wingap, where you're not sure what it's alluding to, you're not sure why she's uncomfortable going there, uh, but he just shows you little snaps of her life before that make you quite interesting. It's something he did in Big Little Lies as well. Uh, Amy Adams, as I said, goes back to this wind gap. It's a small town where everyone knows each other. I would say that is a, a number three sort of similarity mm. to Big Little Lies. In I suppose like so, yeah. They all, everyone, knows, yeah. everyone knows each other's business. Yeah. She is quite happy to have escaped wind gap, and when she goes back, it sort of spreads around that she's back. She has a, a sort of a weird relationship with her mum, played by Patricia Clarkson, who lives in this lavish house with a maid and a new husband and new daughter. And we get flashes of a young Camille uh, in her old bedroom with, I don't know if it's a sister or a yeah, friend or something. Yeah, I think I got something. the impression it was a sister. Uh, who uh, eventually dies. We see her funeral and how upset um, Camille is by that. And their mother's not happy about her being there in her capacity as a journalist. She doesn't want her town, her place, being raked over for the rest of America to know about. Have you mentioned why about. she's there? Yes, the two girls yeah, gone missing. Yeah, yeah I did, did mention that. Um, so that's really it. And the, But when the story kicked in, and particularly my favourite scene, where she's chatting to the dad of the first girl to go missing, I was mm. really intrigued. And I, I, we've seen a lot of tortured songs on TV. They are perhaps my least favourite TV characters to spend time with. But Amy Adams does this really well. I'm really intrigued by her relationship with Patricia Clarkson. I really, th- I really like the small town feel. And I just felt like I was in good hands watching it. I, I think there are a couple of TV shows that I would say that it's echoed. I think the first, ironically, is True Detective. Because it's got that very slow southern style, which was a big feature of the first season of True Detective, which is the good one, in my opinion. And I think the cinematography, I think the camera work and the background work is amazing. You know, we talk about pacing quite a lot in TV shows. You know, this is this was just over an hour, I think, wasn't it? Or, mm, yes. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, yeah, just over an hour. And I don't really feel like much happened in the first episode. 
you know, you got quite a bit of plot, but not much action took place. But certainly at no point was I ever looking at the clock. At no point was I thinking, God, this is dragging a bit. I was enthralled because they drew me in with the atmosphere, the music and the plot that they were willing to give you. I think the strongest part of this was the atmosphere, the sort of, you could almost sort of feel yourself yes. in a small town. Yeah. I could you hear could the feel the, You and could the feel flies. the heat. Yeah. Yes. You could feel that sort of like claustrophobic atmosphere through, I think, Amy Adams' performance. I mean, it reminded me of like a Tennessee Williams play when she got to the house with Patricia Clarkson. and I mean, this is a character that you can imagine in a Tennessee Williams play. Yeah. It's a character you can imagine uh, Betty Davis playing in like the 1960s or a yeah. you know, this sort of everything you do here reflects on me. Don't embarrass me. I don't want you talking to the parents yeah. of those girls. Yeah. I think Patricia Clarkson was amazing. I've always loved Patricia Clarkson. I think she's amazing. Yeah. But definitely yeah. Yeah, get, stick, stick with this. And I think yeah. the direction, as you say, the editing, the use of flashbacks, everything like that, and Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson's performances. And I'd like to see more from uh, Elizabeth Perkins. And also, I think they did well with the character of the outsider, the, the detective who's from... Yeah, I like, found him really interesting. I recognised him from somewhere, but yeah. I doubt it's important. But it's very but similar him. to the Shailene Woodley character in Big Little Lies. She Life. was the outsider. There is a lot uh, of similarities, right. but there's a lot of differences as well. And I think yeah. if you like Big Little Lies, you would like this. And it is, again, quite a female-centric show with Amy Adams leading it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Sharp Objects from HBO on Sky Atlantic. I I don't know how I feel about um, Sky Atlantic having rights to everything on HBO. In one way, it's good because it means literally anything on HBO will make its way to Sky Atlantic. But in another way, I'd like to see this get a bit more promotion on Channel 4 or BBC (sighs) 2 or something, so... I don't know when that contract is up for renewal, but I mean, basically, Sky Atlantic is HBO over here. I yeah. mean, there's not there's not an awful lot that isn't on there that's not HBO. So I don't understand why they show Blue Bloods though. That's a well, that's a yeah, that's that's a CBS uh, procedural yeah. drama. That is a weird one. I think I think because they did and it kept going. You know, yeah. they bought it and it's kept going, so they've kept going with it. Now, this is, this is going to stretch mine and Luke's memories a bit, I think. Um, oh, OK. Oh, dear. So this might well, be... Well, luckily, a, a... we've got Gary with us. <laughs> yeah. It's a fluffy way so, through it. So, um, the bridge... When did it actually wrap up, the bridge? About two, uh, two, a week ago, Friday. Ago. Yeah. Um, if you'd like a sort of full recap of every episode of the bridge, go to the Custard TV, because I don't think we've promoted this enough, but Sarah's no. reviews... On oh, the website, yes, that's been really, really good. But we'll try our best to be as sort of. Um, let, let me let me was. go in through. So at the end of episode five, you get this big scene where they seem to have made a connection between the deaths, which they hadn't before, and it all reverted back to a undercover police officer. Henrik was his handler, and other key characters were involved with. Well, so he wasn't the poli- police officer he was, was he not a informant? Oh, police informant. Sorry. I thought he was an officer. Sorry, he was an informant. What you then learn is that uh, he died uh, in very suspicious circumstances um, and that there were a number of people who could have helped him but didn't, one of which which is Henrik. uh, Mm. And they start to piece together the kind of motive that somebody has had, that they're trying to 
get rid of and make reparations for this guy's death by sort of offing people who are close to those that let him down. So, like, the journalist was writing a piece on him and that was yeah. sort of how he was uncovered. Like, Lillian was part of the team who was who yeah. was his handler. There was the head of justice whose horse got gassed. Obviously, the, the crime boss who lost his daughter was the one that, that he was informing on. And um, Henrik himself was... Uh, yeah. And I think, but I think what, they... what we should say is they weren't going for the people that had directly hurt Gary this guy. Gary just said they were, that. They I were going for their right. loved ones. And they were going for the... Did he just say that? Where was I here? I think but, I'm like, cool I got an ambulance. I might have had a out. <laughs> <laughs> you can have one in a minute if you keep going. Um, so the, now the part of the investigation is slightly protecting those who were directly involved. So there is a bit more focus on, on Saga's protection uh, and, and those that are well, around it. She's the it. closest to Henrik. Yeah, being the closest to Henrik, they think. Uh, and, and then the, the, the sort of big side plot, the beginning of these episodes, is Saga's continuance to try and find Henrik's children. And we get a big reveal of that when it's found that Astrid, the older daughter, is actually living in that funny commune um, and she's the mysterious multiple personality girl um, that had been sort of going out with the guy, the son of the two that put, were placed there because they were on the run from their abusive husband stroke father. So you, because the fact that the plot changes, then obviously some of the perspective changes on a lot of the characters. So this kind of nice, friendly guy who'd been helping these couple out, getting them integrated in his community. At is no then... point was he a nice, friendly guy, really. Yeah, he'd done a lot for them. It was in no, that case. I think up oh, to episode four. Oh, come on, Gary. Four, Don't be no, sick well, of sociopaths. All right, but up to that point, had he done anything that might have led you to believe that he was hiding? Oh, was, yeah, he, right from the word go, he was a weirdo. Basically wanted to have them... Sleep. He wanted a new... He wanted a sort of ready-built family. family and was emotionally manipulating these women who sure. were in marriages that were failing or abusive to get them to sort of fall in love with him and sort of have their children as his and he did that with Henrik's family and then he did it again with the yeah. taxi driver's family whether, whether he did that again in the interim we don't know but yeah. that seemed to be his ammo and he had this sort of commune where it was off the grid so you know people would find it harder to sort of yeah. you know to hunt him down and things like that so he was very much sort of sociopathic I in that case Okay, <laughs> and there's quite a dramatic scene where Henrik uh, and the police make it up to the, the flat. The guy's kind of now uh, gone full psycho. I will agree with that. He's now holed up in the flat with a shotgun and is threatening to kill Astrid rather than you know sort of let her go. Uh, in in quite a sort of good action scene, uh, they they sort of gas the place and all there's all smoke. He's shooting randomly, uh, but thankfully manages to get uh, shot but not killed before he manages to kill Astrid. And there's quite a nice scene where she comes out and Hendrik's standing there and she sort of comes out of the smoke uh, that I thought was quite a nice bit uh, and he's reunited. Now, that happens in, like, episode six or seven, so you're mm. thinking, OK, where Start are we going seven, from here? Start, Start of seven, yeah. In the wheelchair that Hendrik had been encountering yeah. at the support AA. group that he'd been at. Yeah, the AA group. Uh, and effectively what happens is is that turns out to, of course, be the son of uh, the the main sort of uh, character that links Tommy? all these murders. Tommy. Yes, I think so. You know, there, there's a wonderful scene early on where Henrik knows there's something wrong and confronts him and pushes him out of his wheelchair. 
thinking that, oh, he can walk, it's all a light, and he doesn't. He flops all over the floor, and Henrik has to apologise, because the big reveal in the end is that he is the killer. Well, initially, we think the killer is the Asian assistant of the... Um... Yeah, Margaret's uh, yes. husband. Well done. It turns out she was Tommy's girlfriend, and was sort of uh... avenging him, oh, no, I think. But... Is there that news to you, Gary? Went, oh, like it I was think it is. I don't think I picked up on that fact. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Tis the season for chicken fingers at Raising Cane's. Warm up with hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, garlicky, buttered Texas toast, and the real source of holiday magic, cane sauce. And while you're treating yourself, don't forget to treat everyone on your list to Kane's gift cards and New York City-inspired plush puppies that benefit pet organizations. Happy holidays from Raising Kane's Chicken Fingers. One love. I don't think Are I got joking? that. Well, no, it's, 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 it's a long show. I got most of it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we think that's the end. You know, Henrik's got Astrid yeah. back. They've got the killer. We've still got half an hour to go, and then only yeah. we've got. An- bit where Saga goes back to prison meets up with that girl who attacked her in the first episode and it lovely callback and it turns out because we were questioning the the motives and we said we didn't know why it was that girl turned out she'd been paid off by Stephanie or said threatened by Stephanie that I will kill your daughter if you don't do this if you don't try and finish off Saga who at that point is the closest to Henrik but then it turns out that I think his name is Kevin in the wheelchair. Yep. Yes. He is the other. They're like working together and yeah. he doesn't need the wheelchair anymore. And he tries to kill Astrid, who yeah. who is so messed up already. You feel oh, very sorry for her. Um, I felt that that sort of second ending spoiled it a little bit. I understand why they did it, but it felt a little cheap, the sort of guy in the wheelchair. I, I quite liked rising. it. Uh, no, I, I have to side with Luke a little bit. Okay. I quite liked it. I think, I think it was good the, drama. The other thing I didn't quite like about the last episode was the fact that... Um, I've forgotten his name now. The other police officer, the sort of misogynistic one who was in... The man from the, Borgen and... The yeah. Um, had been um, sort of leaking information to the press and trying to undermine Lillian and he got his comeuppance because I thought... Throughout the series, he sort of warmed to Saga and became and quite protective. And he softened a bit, And he softened, he? Yeah. and I yeah. didn't think he needed, like, a comeuppance I, as well. And I didn't like I, that, personally. No, I think I think really that was a poor payoff for what was uh, also a bit of a poor plot, because they never really got hampered by the fact that information was out there. It never really stopped them doing anything by the fact that they were right. leaking information. Overall, how do we feel this compares to the other series? Best series since series one. Yeah, agreed. Done. I liked... Okay. Can we just talk about that final scene oh, where sorry. Saga sort of tries... Because she's been seeing this therapist and she's been trying to sort of shake 
what if I wasn't, so, you know, what if I wasn't a police officer? And the final scene is her throwing her police badge right in the sort of scent, you know, where it started. Mm. And then someone calls her and she just says, Saga Norin doesn't the Malmo yeah. City yeah, bit, that's right. which I really liked. I thought that was a really yeah. sort of subtle character thing. And it is exactly how it, it found the bits with her and the therapist a little trying and a little long. Oh, no, I didn't. Well, long at all. I don't know. I didn't know if I needed it. It was a little bit of the part that I didn't need. I mean, I understood why she had to go to therapy, and you know, but there was I, like uh, the bit where he, she said, "Try and do something that's like against the law, but you're doing it for the right reasons." And she got because obviously Hans's skeleton is sort of exhumed by the. It was a, it was the way it was a way of her talking about Martin again. Yeah. It was a way of her talking about. Hands again. Looking at the character as a whole, this being the last series, you know, looking at Saga Norris. Yeah, I, I realise they're doing a, it's a redemption kind of yeah. thing, but you know, I, I, it was just personal. I didn't feel anything particularly. Came I, f- that. I felt like I had a feeling that Gary, you weren't as into it this year at all. No, I think I, I watched seven, eight, nine, and ten in one sitting. Yeah, are there only yeah. eight episodes? Oh, sorry, then, then <laughs> seven and eight. Sorry, the last. The last... <laughs> I, I, I no wonder watch... you thought it was long. Yeah. You watched one twice. <laughs> I watched six, seven, and eight back to back. Yeah, and I think I did enjoy it more like that. I think I still improve. I still, I, I still think series one is, is is superior. I still think that the shock of that body on the first ep- on the on the bridge, that kind of like tension between the police state police, you know, the, the Swedish and the Danish police was better. Uh, I, I don't think Henrik was as good a, a, a balance for Saga as Martin was. The different relationship. I really yeah. like him in the end, though, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, sure. He's, he stood out on his own. I think there were a couple of so times did the where guy I in thought... the wheelchair, actually, isn't <laughs> And I did enjoy the series, and I'm glad I saw it through. Um, I just say, still not above series one for me. Well, that's what we all said, though. We said it's the best series since yes. series one. Yeah. Um, okay, so the bridge, can we still watch all of it or is it disappeared no. now? Um, no, I think you've only got about the last five episodes or four okay, episodes well. up on iPlay. The Fourth Estate, which is a Showtime documentary that's airing on BBC Two on Sunday nights. Um, this looks inside the New York Times during the first year of Donald Trump's pres- presidency. Looks at the various stories, starting with his... Um, is it his inauguration? Or Pretty his, much, yeah. And the sort of the sort of through line is obviously his feud with the liberal media, as you will, you know, the fake news stuff. And it looks at various characters in the New York Times. The um, I think her name is Maureen, the White House reporter who's been reporting on Trump for years and years, you know, since she worked sort of doing him like as a businessman and things like that, looking at him. When Matt says doing yeah, him as a businessman, yeah. I ought to just Report say now. Report Thank can you. I, can I just I quickly interject? I realise what I was saying as I was yeah. saying it. So right, quickly just interject. Uh, only the last three episodes are up on the iPlayer and the previous series are no longer there at the bridge. Yeah, I mean, each one you're looking inside the newsroom, how these people are reacting to a president who is, is locking them out of some of the press scrums, who is sort of... Like in the most recent episode where it's the press conference about the, or just after the Jacksonville riots, I think they go to Phoenix. There's his first yeah. round Phoenix and there's protest there. And he literally says, the, your enemies are the people with the cameras behind you. And, and the crowd they, turn. The crowd turns and starts oh. taking pictures of them and going, call yourself an American and... 
and it is really i mean the access they get to most of it is is amazing i mean the, the looking at like the g8 summit in the second episode the sort of the coney uh, stuff the... sorry to add add in but I, the, the the bit in the most recent episode and sorry to sort of add a spoiler here, look when they go to steve bannon's house yeah because they one go of them, to his house my god one well, of i know one of them has a relationship, a quite a good relationship with Steve Bannon, based on the fact that he wrote quite a glowing obituary of was it Breitbart? Who, yeah, the who news, started, yeah, news site started, that Steve Bannon uh, started, like a far right news site, and and they expected the New York Times to do quite a sort of derogatory obituary based on the fact that obviously his views are very different from theirs, but he he wrote it in quite a positive manner, and they'd had a relationship ever since, so he was able to, as you say, go to Steve Bannon's house and talk about how you know what that was just after Bannon had been sort of like not fired but wasn't inside the inner circle anymore for me I mean I I don't particularly follow politics and the news that strongly you know I hear about stuff on Twitter and obviously knew about in in Tesco's the bit the big (laughs) well I know it's coming home the big big events that are so is Trump the big big events that are happening obviously i know about like the riots and there's there's bits about weinstein as well in this third episode but i think i think the the looks at what it's like to be a journalist and there are things about like strikes they go on because the new york times yeah. put down on editors because it's you know the structure now the structure they've got at the moment is looking is set up for print media but obviously the move to online means they need more writers and less editors so that there's really it's it's a really sort of densely packed documentary. Every scene is memorable. The access they get is fantastic. I I learned a lot. If you like if you're like American politics, if you're interested in that, but even if you're just interested in people, I think they do a good job of mm. focusing on say four mm. or five key characters and their reaction. I mean, in this third episode, which I watched most recently they uh, focused on like an African-American journalist. So she was covering the Jacksonville thing and talking to black Republicans and their feelings that they were sort of trying to distance themselves from Trump. And I, I just really like this. I absolutely love this. This ticks a lot of boxes for me. I love American politics. Um, you, you Get ready to drink. You know I love the West Wing. And I think the key thing that I find amazing is how much of the runnings of a newspaper is very little to do with with paper. Everything you see is set up for the digital age. I don't think there was any time where they were worrying about a headline for the front page of the newspaper. It was all about what's going on Twitter, what's going on the front page of the website. There is a slight annoyance, and I will have a slight rant here. I need programmes. I need programmes to stop doing something. If you want to do a plot point via a tweet, Oh yeah, yeah. For goodness sake, make it bigger on the screen. Oh no, that's not what I was thinking of. I I did not like every time someone sent a tweet, they did the oh, yeah. tweet sound effect. That didn't annoy me as that much. That got it really annoying part, in the yeah, third episode. It is part annoying, and I realised that Twitter has a big part to play because of the fact that Donald Trump uses it so much. So I do realise that your, they need to, to your do point, it. Gary, I would say get stronger glasses, Grandad. Yeah. Well, no, but I, I, no, but the thing is, is that they they put it in a corner of the screen. And actually, it's a huge point to what's coming up. Now, I know this isn't a drama, but if you're saying the reaction that happens, the work that goes on comes out of this one tweet, for goodness sake, make it big on the screen. 
But can you pause it and read it if you're struggling? Why should I have to? But then they talk... I don't think it's that big a plot. (laughs) Then they will go on and talk about it and discuss what he said in the tweet. But there was a drama on recently that did the same thing with text, and I was annoyed... And maybe it is my eyesight, but yes. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only one. Because if you're going to make a major point, for goodness sake, give it to us large and make it. You know, are you listening, feel, people this, who make Holby City? Are you does, I this, wasn't necessarily Holby City. This does feel like I should have gone to Specsavers moment. Yeah. Well, fair, fair enough. We'll I'll see you in the next. Luke, let's get out of this sort of cycle. And okay, hold on, hold on. Let, let me let me let me finish finish my thoughts on the rest of it. The interactions between those that work in the White House and press staff are great. I've always wanted to see behind the scenes of that. It was a bit that fascinated me about the West Wing, about the access that they have, and and the fact that they had like a daily briefing. He's very anti SPN as well, isn't he? That's or to do with CNN. sports, though. CNN, yeah, CNN, CNN, sorry. Yeah, ESPN is sports. CNN, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can understand... He doesn't like ESPN's coverage, OK? I, I got confused there. I was, thinking, I was really confused. The CJ scenes in the West Wing were my favourites as well, and I agree with you that I, I liked seeing the sort of real-life version of that. I'm just flabbergasted by how calmly the country of America is taking this absolute moron running their country. I don't know uh, whether uh, they are. I'm not sure. Well, I, I think, I think brought, broad Gary, parts calmly. Have you, have well, you seen, think... Did you see the riots in, in Phoenix when they were doing, like they had the half of them like, like with the placards out saying, not my president and, you know, Phoenix isn't welcoming yeah. you. And then you had the aggressive crowds in the rally turning on the journalists. Sure, but... He is doing a very good job as reframing that as the lib- you know he is yeah. winning the he is winning the argument because he effectively has the loudest voice. There's no way to judge how he's doing until you get to his either the primary the the, the, the local the primary elections this year or his re-election. Effectively, he is won and he is winning because he's getting his message out better than they're getting their message out, and I he's belittling it. whatever message they put out. Well, the program illustrates so brilliantly because I do. I wasn't that invested in Obama. I mean, I was living there at the time, and I you didn't see half as much of Obama when he was in presidency as you do of Trump. I mean, what this what this program illustrates so brilliantly is just that the speed of everything that happens is just they can't keep track of just the the sheer speed of the things going on. You, you get one topic that he's done something, which people are outraged at, normally quite rightly, always quite rightly, I should say, and the next minute he's done something just as, just as awful that completely yeah. takes the shine off the last thing and you forget about it. And I just think that these people that they're putting the focus on are so fascinating that they've never seen anything like it in their journalism careers. I am both in awe of the, the fast way which they type I wish I could do that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, do, My unfor- I, do, I can type quite quickly. Then why have you written more stuff for the website, Matt? You could do He's it in not five that, minutes. He can't think quick enough. He can yeah, type it, but he can't right. think. Yeah, yeah. I had to do a typing test for this new job as one of the... What, what are you up to these days? Words per yeah. minute. About 80. I got up to 60 once, and I was quite happy with that. It's a world that I've never seen on TV, at least in documentary form before and i find it engrossing and again it's an hour and at no point do i ever look at the clock at no point do i get fidgety i am so engrossed Mm. and i i feel like i'm in there in the newsroom and that is what 
the best documentaries should do. It's on the final episode is this weekend, and I'm really going to oh, miss it. I want more. Yeah, I hope we get, get more film. later. I hope. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, the fact that this is only four, I think it works in terms of they're they're focusing on one primary story and then a lot of sort of secondary bits here and there as well. So it, it... there is so much to cover about. Oh, you know? yeah. They could do. They could do one a week, and I don't think... I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, they haven't even... I don't even think... Have they got to the bit where Anthony Scaramucci leaves after only two weeks? I think we're in the middle of that. I can't really remember. I don't even know where that is, because they're only covering the first 100... The first year, aren't they? And they're up to day 280-something already. Oh, okay. Well, I think... You know, because he's in, so he'll be out before the year. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. One that me and Luke have been watching... I've watched all three that have been on so far... Luke has watched the first one. This is uh, Gone Fishing with um, Whitehouse and Mortimer. It's called something like that anyway. It's basically yeah. Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse. Every episode is them going to a different area of the country, fishing for a certain fish, talking about because the, the premise is that both of them had uh, incidents with their hearts. Uh, Bob had to have a triple bypass. Um, Paul had two is it stenches. Stents. Stents. Stents fitted. That's where they take veins from your leg and put them in your heart so that the blood can get yeah. through. So, yeah. they, so they both have had to sort of change their diets and things like that. And part of this is Bob cooking heart-healthy food for both of them throughout the series. And I, I, Bob seems to have more work to do than Paul in each episode. Yeah. And a lot of it is them just talking about their lives, like their mortality. Yeah. The, second, the second episode, which I would recommend of the three so far, sees them talk about their funerals and going to see like a local reverend and sort of just like talking to her about like ridiculous things there's also an awesome scene in that second episode where bob goes to a farm shop to buy stuff to make that evening's dinner and just goes i can't eat you anymore can't eat you anymore and just goes to a <laughs> just goes to a row of like like ready like freshly made cakes and just sort of like lies down in them and then goes to the cashier and said I like your cakes. I had a little bit of a sleep in them earlier. <laughs> I just love, yeah. I just I, love the, the way they talk and the, the friendship mm. between and it, them. It's, it's incredibly genuine yeah. because the setup sounds like it could be quite contrived mm. and quite silly. And actually, it's two friends of a certain age doing what they like to do as a hobby and chatting. Paul is nothing... Paul's a much more adept fisherman yeah. than Bobby's. And I love the fact that Bob Mortimer could not have not say a sentence to Paul Whitehouse without saying his name at the end. Yeah. And once you realise that, it's funnier every time. So what do you want for dinner, Paul? Where do you think we're shopping, Paul? What do you, you know, what are you trying to catch, Paul? Every time, without fail. Uh, it's just, there's no, there's no it's contrivances. Like a, it's like a nice, it's like a sort of natural version of the trip, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, I was going to say it sounds a bit like that. Yeah. I would think you would like this, Gary. I'm going to so, get it. It's so easy to I'm watch. I'm going to catch it's up. so sweet. I, I've met Bob Mortimer. He's a thoroughly hilarious and lovely man. Mm. Um, that comes and, across in this as and, well. And I, think, and I think you're seeing more of him playing that, you know, sort of, you know, uh, on, on screen. I did see a couple of previews and I did mean to watch it. I think it might have started when the football was on, so unfortunately... Wednesday night... Uh, I might, yeah, I, 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 I have missed a couple of things uh, that have been on. So I mean, I've I watched all of watch. these on the iPlayer. It's such a yeah, easy... they're they're all there. So I say I, I just I love that. That's my favourite line so far. It's like I love those cakes you got over there. I had a I had a little lie down in them before. 
I've just I've just added them on my thing, and they're all yeah, they're all there on iPlayer. I can watch them all on that. Um, so yeah, I shall be catching up. You're listening to the Custard TV podcast, the official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Last night I watched 24 Hours in Police Custody, which oh no was, spoilers, I haven't seen it. Was yet. incredible. No, it's not a spoiler. Okay. And during it, there was an advert for something coming on Monday at 10 on Channel 4. Now I looked on my Sky Guide, and Monday at 10 on Channel 4 was supposed to be a repeat of 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, but it should I have a look and see what it says now? Mine. Look. You can do. It is the brand new. Speaking of America, the brand new comedy documentary series from Sasha Baron Cohen that is coming to Channel Oh, 4. yeah, I saw, I saw the hype around that. We can't tell you what it is. Yeah, so it's the showtime of hidden the fact that they're doing a series with Sasha Baron Cohen. It's going out Sunday nights on Showtime from this Sunday, and we're getting it Monday nights at Channel 4. And it's basically him travelling around America in various new disguises, and irritating people within the Trump presidency and uh, Trump supporters as well. It's called um, Sasha Baron Cohen, Who is America? And that is coming on Monday on Channel 4. It's still and, on the Radio Times website, and, still 8 out of 10 cuts. And Virgin's, yeah. Virgin's TV Guide still says 8 out of 10 cuts does count. Them. Yeah, but it is, it is true. I've had the press release. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Sasha Baron Cohen fan, but... I think this one I'll take way too interesting. All of his characters I find a bit hit and miss. Better in highlights than, than actually watching all of it. Yeah, agreed. So we'll, we'll see what uh, the reaction is to that uh, on our next podcast. Right, Gary, you had some uh, some final bits. Well, I as we're sort of like midsummer and um, not there's no murders, No, we're not going to be killed. <laughs> no, we're not going there. Uh, although the property's cheap, I'd heard. And I asked people sort of on Facebook and Twitter, what are they watching? You know, because this is sort of time, you know, if you're not a football fan, if you're not a tennis fan or anything like that, you might be binging on something. Um, so kind of people, some uh, people really like the uh, Simon Reeves on Russia, BBC Four pro- programme yeah, uh, was on. Really BBC Two, sorry. Yeah, a lot of people like that. A lot of love for Humans Series 3. Um, and I know we've kind of left that behind, or certainly I had, and I think... Yeah, it I felt think... like on my timeline, the only people watching it worked in Digital Spy, but I don't oh, know. OK, but there, there was a bit of love for I that. Read, I read about that they did a time jump at the end of episode, uh, Series 2, so it was, oh, okay. it, what happened in Series 3 was slightly different. Apparently, at the end of 2, all the robots became sentient, so... Okay. Uh, was... Matt, while I'm doing this, could you have a quick look and see whether either Series 1 or Series 2 is on all four? They have a quick look. They both are. They both are. Okay, fine. So, yeah. Uh, Somebody's recommended Hidden, which is this Welsh programme that I hadn't heard an awful lot about and I wouldn't mind watching a bit of. And again, that's all on the iPlayer. So, we might talk about that next week. Yes. Another person. A lot of people going back and watching, like somebody's gone back and watched Men Behaving Badly, Red Dwarf, Toast of London. You know, they're finding good alternatives to the fact that it's a sport overload. MasterChef Australia? I mean, I know I like MasterChef Canada. You. So, Well, no, it wasn't me, but I do like MasterChef Canada so uh, and MasterChef USA, actually. Uh, just popping on to Twitter, because there was a couple of people who put some stuff up on there. Um, da, 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 da. Let's go back, because there's quite a few people so there. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you've got on that. So, Jordan Gallagher, friend of the show. I don't know if he'll be a friend of the show much longer. Finish Bulletproof. Well, I... 
Yeah, uh, but uh, maybe that's his target audience. But he did say he's also going to watch that. He was also watching The Handmaid's Tale. And also is a fan of This Is Us and okay. must have finished Series 1. I think one Bulletproof makes two. me angrier than The Handmaid's Tale. But Jordan is a young lad in his yeah, as I say, 20s, he might, he's, so yeah. he's probably said, the target demographic. Yeah. And a long conversation with Colin the Warrior Monkey... Uh, and he's recommended a lot of stuff. The second person to recommend Goliath on Amazon for me, so I think I'm going to uh, try it. and do a bit of that. Well, yeah, but I never carried on with it. So it, a lot of people no. say these later series are very good. And Rectify, um, which is one of your favourites. I, I mean, he recommended American Vandal, was surprised that we'd covered it because he said no one else had, mm. uh, which mm. was good. Uh, and he's recommended a couple of other things that I've seen, like Weeds Banshee. and things like that. Banshee, which is on my list, but it's not above Justified. Um, so, because they're very similar, but uh, it's good to see that people are out there. I mean, this is the time of year when you can get those little, no pun intended, hidden gems uh, that other people are dead. So, do keep telling us about what you're watching that's different and out there, and you've gone back to. How can they do that, Luke? How can the public get in touch with us? Email us custard tv reviews uh, within us on the end at gmail.com. I haven't had one in a while. We'd love to hear from you. Facebook.com forward slash... I'll send you some of the spam I get if you want. Thank you. Uh, Facebook.com oh, forward slash spam? The Custard TV. Uh, Facebook.com, yeah, forward slash The Custard TV. Individual Twitter, Gary Go. The Gar- at The Gary Show. <laughs> oh, I thought Gary was doing all three. I'm at no. Oh, sorry. I thought Gary you meant wasn't... just me. Oh, sorry. At The Gary Show for me. At Luke's Custard, no, custard, what's yours? Luke Custard TV. Don't worry, you don't interact with me I just hit a button. And then at Matt's TV Bytes with lots of T's and S's uh, yes, is how you can get in contact with Matt. Um, if you want to support us, if this is perhaps the first podcast of ours you've heard, we've got loads on our feed, including, yeah, we've got loads on our feed, including interviews with various people within the industry and just all of our thoughts on, on a ton of shows going back too far that I can't even remember. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and all your podcast apps there. Just search for The Custard TV. Um, right, so that is it. Uh, we'll be back next we week, actually. Do you pick the week before we leave in that? Uh, well, I think, it, I think we, could both, we could all agree it's, it's, a, it's, it's unforgotten. it's unforgotten on well, can Sunday. I add, can I add one? Yes, Whoa, what? Yeah, um, well, no, add, as well as unforgotten for me, um, BBC Four Wednesday, I think it is. Mark Kermode's Secrets of Cinema. Is that yes, on Wednesday? I'll be watching that as well. It is on Wednesday. Yeah. A new documentary five-part series um, looking at different genres of films each week. So, um, yeah. and I will be watching that as will Luke. Uh, uh, and I'm. I'm no, I'm can I? Sorry, it's Tuesday, not Wednesday. Tuesday. Yeah. 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 So we'll be back next week. We're going to do um, Unforgotten in its in its uh, entirety. Um, what the first episode? Keeping faith. On BBC One, oh God! Um, Hidden maybe, and maybe that hanging rock thing. Picnic at Hanging Rock, and and the Mark Comer documentary that I literally just mentioned. Okay, and maybe Sharp Objects too, if it's worthy of of sharper, sharper objects. The spin-off show would be Sharper Objects, wouldn't it? On on ITV Two. Like the chat, the, the sort of uh, talking yeah. dad type thing. Yeah, that's sure. it. Yeah, or the the apprentice you're fired program. It would be talking objects, which doesn't quite work. Yeah, all anyway, sharp objects. I've said enough. My mouth can say no more. Your Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs>
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 